welcome to episode nine of Young Adulting Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we're here with some advice. Yes, lots and lots of good advice. And today is uh, special because we did less prep than normal. So Grace and I are actually catching up because I haven't seen Grace in two weeks. Yes, it's been a long time. Becca's been in San Francisco and I was at the Derby. So now we we haven't seen each other in ages. So we're going to see how this goes. Yeah, so it's like you're catching up with us. We're catching up with each other. I don't know. Tell us on DMs what you've been up to. Yeah. So should we get into it? Grace, what was your high this week? So my high was, um, besides today's sunshine, today was today is Sunday, and it was absolutely beautiful outside. I went for a run. Um, it was just a magical little day. But I had a weekend mostly to myself, which was the biggest luxury. I was going, going, going with press trip, and I had a friend staying with me, and then I had my mom staying with me. And I don't know about you, but when I have, like, too much company and too much stimulation, I start to feel a little bit crazy. So I went to my favorite art galleries. I got to my yoga classes and I finally feel like myself again. I'm so jealous. (laughs) I'm so jealous. That's basically going to be my low, but so I'll, I'll start with my high. So my high was my trip to San Francisco. I was there for 10 days, which was so fun. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I used to live there. So I have a bunch of my best friends who live there who I don't get to see that often. So I was there for a bachelorette party uh, two weekends ago. And we were up in wine country, which is my favorite thing. Uh, And we had a cute little house and we ate so much good food. It was amazing. And then I spent the week in the city uh, visiting with a bunch of my other friends and I got to do some exploring and I feel really nostalgic about San Francisco. So it was fun to have time to just be bop around. I got to go to a mall. Oh, I love a mall. I haven't been to a mall in like 10 years. I think living in New York City, going to a mall feels like such a luxury. All so I want, all I wanted to do was to go to a Nordstrom. <laughs> it was all I wanted, and I did, and it was great. Ugh, I um, love real stores. Yes, and then I went to a Taylor Swift concert, kind of by accident, but it was a huge blast. That sounds so fun. I saw your stories, and I was really jealous. Uh, it was really fun. It's something that I wouldn't spend my own money on, but if somebody offered me tickets, which they did, I am one hundred percent there and know all the words, and am, am ready to be a fan. One thousand percent. Yeah. So my low, just to like hijack the podcast and go off of that, is that I was gone for 10 days, which is a really long time. I had plans nine out of 10 nights while I was in San Francisco. And then I came home and my friend Rachel, who I love, has been staying with me for the past few days. And normally it wouldn't be a big deal, but I feel like I just haven't been alone in two weeks. And so something Grace always says in real life is that she's in extroverted introvert and I think I'm the opposite so I think I'm an introverted extrovert where I really enjoy being around people I could talk to a brick wall and it doesn't like scare me to be around new people or it isn't exhausting but in order to recharge like I need to be by myself and so I feel like I've just been going 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 and like need some recovery time so I don't have any plans tonight That's good. But I have plans every night next week. So I'm just going to continue to be a hot mess until I'm done with my job and have some, a lot of fun employment downtime. That sounds perfect. What's your low? Oh, your low is a, is a thing. My low is a a thing. You guys, I feel like I have just completely trashed 
this company on social media and not on social media really, but on this podcast. Fly cleaners. The drama continues. So this time it's actually like comical. So full disclosure, I do now have my laundry back. It took them 12 days to get it to me, but I have it back. Um, well, wait. So the thing that you need to know is that this is a different time that they lost Grace's laundry. This is laundry. the second time within one month that they've lost my laundry. So when she was complaining about it last time, that was a separate incident. This is this is the same 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 month, different load of laundry. So I sent out. I had like a ton of gym clothes. I had just changed all my sheets and like a quilt. I had decided it was time to wash my favorite terry cloth robe. I had over 30 pounds of laundry, which as you know is a lot of laundry. It's like four or five loads. So Fly Cleaners comes and drops off my laundry and they bring me what is probably maybe five pounds. Um, it was my duvet, one sheet, and one towel. I, I, I call them at this time because, you know, you're at your wits end when, like, I need to speak to a person on the phone. They were completely unhelpful. I went about a week of, like, emailing them every day and getting nowhere. So finally, Becca sort of came to my rescue. I, was, I knew for a fact that the founder of the company worked upstairs from her. So I had her put us on an email, and I emailed him. And then miraculously, like, two days later, they found my laundry. I feel like... Well, first of all, I'm the hero of the story. But second of all, I'm it's going to happen to me because I'm You guys do not use this company. Like I should not have d- done a second <sighs> order. Like it's like fool me once, it's it's my fault. Fool, sorry, fool me once, it's your fault. Fool me twice, it's my fault. That is the case. I should not have gone back to them, but I did because I was lazy and I wanted my laundry picked up. I'm still using them. I used them Don't last do week. Don't do it. Don't I do it. I did it last week. So the best part was I put on my Instagram story about the fly cleaners drama and the amount of DMs from other people who had their laundry lost was crazy. One girl said they lost her laundry for a whole month. Somebody sent me a poster that was a if you look at my Instagram story, Becca, somebody Oh, I saw it. sent this a poster hilarious. where it was like how to lose your laundry for for free or something. And it was like a smear campaign against fly cleaners. There's like ads being run in Tribeca. So apparently I'm not the only one who hates fly cleaners. Uh, I'm still using the... Don't don't do it. Okay. I deleted the app from my phone so I wouldn't be tempted again. Whatever happens next is my fault. I tried to use Cleanly, but they were going to be late and I had to leave my apartment. And the next pickup wasn't for 36 hours and I needed laundry sooner than that. So... I used Cleanly this weekend, and all these times were really inconvenient. They they dropped my laundry off this morning at 7 a.m., and then oh, I went back to bed. That sucks. Yeah. So should we get into some advice? Yes, let's do it. But wait, before we do it, we are going to take a minute to dramatically plead with you to leave us a rating or a review, or ideally both, in the iTunes store, because it helps us so much for so people much. to find us. And we love your reviews, so thank you to everyone who's left a review. They've been so amazing. We love reading them. Grace and I text like almost every time we yeah. get a review and talk about how much we love the person. So yes. they're not going unnoticed or unappreciated. And it really helps, because iTunes algorithm um, suggests new podcasts based on how many ratings they're getting at a time. So... If you give us lots of ratings, we'll be suggested to more people and more people can find us and then more people can join the Facebook group and talk with us about bad books. And it's just, you're helping other people talk to us about bad books by leaving a review. Yes. The second plea is to send us your questions. You can either email us. We're youngadultingpod at gmail.com 
or you can send us a DM. Uh, we're getting low on questions and we don't want to make them up. So tell us what questions you have. I love today's questions. They're super specific and really long. So tell us like, tell us all about your situation. Yeah. Cause we want to help. Yeah. So leave us a rating and a review and send us a question and, and that's all we ask. Yes. Thank you. So let's get to it. Okay. So the first question comes from Emma on email and she wrote, I'm writing because I feel like I'm going through a bit of a quarter life crisis in regards to my career. I've been working in human resources and recruiting for the past two years and find myself questioning if this is the right career path for me. The two jobs I have had have been in the digital advertising space, and I'm learning more about that field as as the field has made me more interested in, in a career in media and digital advertising. Do you have any advice for someone who's looking to potentially change career paths? I'm scared that if I make a change, I'll realize I made a huge mistake and I'll be even further behind in my career. Okay. I have two main things to say here. So the first thing is I'm assuming, Emma, that you're on the younger side because you said you're having a quarter-life crisis. So in my head, that means you're 25 or so. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is do it, do it now, and don't look back. If you think you want to do something else, you're still really early in your career and starting over is not a big deal. If you were 40 and you were saying this, maybe our advice would be different, but having three years of work experience and going back to the beginning is, is not a huge deal. I've done it. You'll, you have some of the skills of just knowing how to work in an office and, you know, you've gained skills that will be transferable and you'll move up more quickly, especially if you work at an advertising agency and are now going to work on the media side as opposed to the HR side. Like you, you have a head start. So I would say do it. The second thing I would say, and maybe this advice is out of order, but before you do it, um, maybe there are people at your company that you could take for a coffee or a drink and you can ask them about their day to day. I think, you know, there's a tendency and I totally do this all the time to glamorize other people's jobs. So make sure you have a full understanding of what they do and what your career would be if you were to start over and like what the pros and cons are. But you know, it sounds like you probably have a pretty good network in the field you want to move into. So definitely talk to some people, but I don't see any reason why you shouldn't do it. And this is one of those cases where it's so much easier to, give the advice than to take the advice because I've made a career change before. And I know that I like hemmed and hawed and it felt so big and scary, but looking at somebody else, I'm like in my head, you're 25. I say, go for it. I completely agree. I am a perpetual career changer. So my first job, I was an assistant buyer for a big department store. Then I hopped industries and went to Procter & Gamble and worked in marketing over there. And then I went to Bottle Bar and led their social media. And then now I'm a full-time blogger. So I'm on my like fourth career. And I will just tell you, I really do agree with one of the things Becca said in that you don't, you might not even realize it, but a lot of what you're doing is probably highly transferable to your next role. So maybe you'll have to take a little bit of a step back at first, but you'll, you'll, you'll find that you're going to be okay. Um, and I agree with talking to other people. My, um, former personal trainer, Alex, um, just went through this. So she 
was a personal trainer and this instructor over at City Row, and she loved it so much, but she just, like, one day she broke her foot, and oh, no. she was unable to teach classes, unable to take clients, and she just realized, like, oh, my God, like, so much of what I do is is completely contingent on, you know, my body and being in shape. So what happens if I get injured and I like, then you just like are completely shit out of luck and have no money. Like she was going through her savings. So, so what she ultimately decided was to go back to school. So now she is in school to become a physician's assistant and, um, she still takes clients and she's still doing all of that. But I think that it's in the end, it's a lot, it's a, a um, a much more stable kind of career path. Sure. Um, but she is finding that, like, all that stuff she learned from personal training and studying to be a trainer is transferable to this path as a physician's assistant. And she can relate to her new clients much more easily, like, because she, she's been doing these internships and things. So, and she was 28 when she did that. So I really think that if you decide that a career change is something you want, do the research, like talk to people, maybe see if you can shadow someone, take them to coffee, all of those things, but also like do it soon because every day that you're staying in a career path that you're not happy on is another day at that. And another day you could be doing something that is more fulfilling. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like one of those situations where if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Exactly. I don't think that you're going to grow to love HR more if you don't love it right now. If you told us that it was the company that you don't like or if there was some other reason why you didn't like the situation you were in. But if it's the career, if it's the work that you don't like, I think you should switch as soon as possible. But the other thing that I will say, having worked in marketing, is that digital advertising is a space that's evolving so quickly. And especially with... Facebook and Instagram and all of these platforms that haven't existed that long and haven't had an advertising platform for that long, you're not really far behind because digital media has changed so dramatically in the past five years that everyone's constantly relearning everything. So, you know, if you think about an executive who's in their 50s, like Facebook advertising has only existed for five years. Like you're only five years behind anyone. So, Uh, That's the other thing I would say is that, especially in the field you're thinking about going into, because of the pace of innovation, I don't think you're that far behind regardless. I completely, completely agree. Should we go on to our next question? Yes, let's do it. Okay, I'll read this one. It's pretty long, so take a sip of your beverage, you know, do what you have to do, take a bathroom break. Settle in. Settle in. Okay, so this one is from Catherine on email. So she wrote... So I just finished my junior year of college and seeing all my senior friends about to graduate has me freaking out. Earlier in the year, I decided I would study for the LSAT this summer and take it in the fall and then apply to law school. But as soon as classes ended and I cracked open that workbook, I started freaking out about if I even want to go to law school and if I would be miserable and bad at it and set my life up for drudgery. I've met with the general legal counsel of my sorority and thought the work she was doing was fascinating, but I know that not every job in law is a dream job, and it takes a while sometimes to get to your main goal in your field. I know that neither of you are lawyers, and my question really isn't about law school so much as it is about how do you know what you want to do with a career, especially in your early 20s? Do you recommend a gap year? Do you think that there's an, do you think that another degree is helpful? I feel like there are so many things out there that someone can do and I don't even know my possibilities. 
So many careers that didn't exist 10 years ago exist now. I also have a feeling that people could be happy doing a few different things. It just all depends on circumstances and other outside factors as much as the job itself. So first of all, Catherine, I would say you're definitely wise beyond your years because when I was in college, I felt like whatever I was doing was going to be like the be all end all. And like, I didn't realize that careers can evolve so much and then that things change. So like, I mean, this is also hilarious because I was a finance major, um, which is just funny knowing everything I do now. Um, and my personal finances and shopping problems. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I am. I, in my thirties, I'm much more responsible than I was. But when I was in my twenties, I racked up credit card debt and was a hot mess. And my parents loved to joke about how I was a finance major and had credit card debt, but that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> If you have questions about being irresponsible, we could talk about it another time. Are you are you teaching people to be responsible or giving them advice to maximize their irresponsibility? I think a mix. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just wondering. Yeah. Just wondering what topics you're qualified on here. Not qualified to answer advice on anything, but doing it anyway. <laughs> Doesn't that just really make people want to write in with questions? Yes. So don't. No. 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 We'll. We. I think we give pretty good advice. Back to Catherine. So Catherine. Um. This is a really hard one. I I don't know that I recommend a gap year. Well, if you're about to go into all of this debt of, of law school, it might be wise to take a gap year and, you know, see if you can intern at a, at a, as a lawyer or, um, you know, work for somebody in that field. Because I do know that these degrees are very, very expensive. Um, my brother-in-law is hilarious. He is... <laughs> He went back to school for his master's. He realized he didn't like that. Then he went back to school um, for his PhD and realized he didn't like that. These are both two very expensive mistakes. And then he ended up going to law school and really liking that and finding kind of his way there. So, you know, these these things are expensive and they add up to quite a bit of, of debt and, and loans. So you do have to be careful. But... Um, I would say that I also think a law degree can just mean so many different things. Like having that background can open so many doors and just be so good for like a, a wide array of industries. It doesn't mean that you're a litigator or, you know, working in house as a lawyer for a brand. Um, it can just be like a good thing to have and to know and to understand. I guess the first thing I would say to Catherine is that I really empathize with you because and you're, it's totally normal. I don't think most juniors in college know what they want to be in 10 years. And I think the ones that do will probably change their mind and it probably won't be relevant. Like Grace and I were just saying, we've both made career changes. I was an international relations major. Any job I've had has had nothing to do with that. So don't be so hard on yourself because not knowing what you want to do, like I'm 31 and I don't know what I want to do. So (laughs) it's normal. The second thing is that I would I would say that you should get a job as a paralegal first. So I know so many people who wanted to be lawyers, took a year or two to be a paralegal, and then realized that they did not want to be a lawyer. I think it's one of those careers, like it's like a big marquee job title that seems really important and it seems really fancy. And I think a lot of people think they want to be a lawyer, but don't really know what that means. And once they get into it, realize that it might not be what they want to do. So to Grace's point that to be a lawyer, you're going to incur 
a decent amount of expenses, you might want to try being a paralegal and see if you really like what it looks like to be a lawyer. I mean, granted, being a paralegal is a lot of like grunt work and it's probably not that fun, but you get to see what lawyers do every day and really get to kind of try it on. The other thing I I think that's really interesting that you brought up in your email was that could there be multiple things that make you happy? And I totally think that's true. Like I think for me, finding the right company and the right people makes so much of a difference that I could go do my job somewhere and be totally miserable um, or be really happy. And I think that, you know, that's probably true of a bunch of different things. So there's, I don't think it's like a soulmate thing. Like there's not like a job soulmate that is going to come up on a career aptitude test that you need to do. And I think, you know, going back to the last person's question, like if you try it and it doesn't work, go try something else. Exactly. And, you know, especially if you are able to figure that out before you go through the expense of going to law school, it's pretty easy to switch, especially after like being one or two years out of college. Like I know there's two girls who I work with at Lola who both are recovering paralegals. They, uh, first job out of college was they worked at law firms, decided they didn't like it. Uh, one of them had a intermediary job at a different startup and one of them came right to Lola, but you know, it's, it's really easy to try it, see if you like it, then try something else. If it doesn't work out, I don't think people should be scared that, especially so early in their career, that moving around is going to blow back on them somehow. I totally agree. Yeah. So so this one is really, this one's really juicy. This is juicy. This is like, so you're trying to keep. We all don't get dating questions very often, so this because is, we're wildly unqualified. To we're give wildly dating unqualified. <laughs> so this one, we were trying to keep the questions all about work, but this one is like about work, friendships, relationships. This one has everything. It has a little bit of everything. So this was an anonymous one on Instagram, and she wrote, "I recently started dating a guy at my work." Intrigue. I wish we should we have sound effects? We need sound effects. Maybe that'll be our next thing that we buy Maybe. for the podcast. This was probably a stupid thing because that is against our workplace policies, but he and I get along so, so well, and the chemistry is great. I have a friend, Anne, who is selfless, amazing, generous person. I hope Anne doesn't listen to our podcast. Hey, Anne. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Unfortunately, she also tends to let things slip without meaning to. While I was truthful with a couple of my other friends about the new guy, I flat out denied it when asked by Anne. She persistently asked, but I lied to her because I was afraid she'd tell my boss, and we work in a small office. Last night, one of my other friends let it slip, and now Anne is furious. How can I save this friendship? So, this is very hard. Um, I do think that this is kind of like the lesson is if you're going to lie and deny something, you have to be consistent and either lie to everyone or be honest to everyone. Yeah, I am betting that what Anna's angrier about that you is that you told other people and not yeah. her, not that you're dating the guy. Because that makes her feel like you're valuing those other friends over her um, and like she's not as close with you. So I think that you need to just sit her down, take her out, meet for a drink, go out for coffee and explain and just be really honest and be like, Tell her all those nice things you said. Tell her how she's selfless, amazing, and generous. And just say, but, you know, in the past, you've let things slip. And this is something that could cost me my career if you did did let it slip. So 
I do think she has to understand that. And like, if you give her, if you're very kind and, you know, say all the nice things first, I think she'll understand. It's, it, it's just like a shitty position for her because she probably feels like you trusted and loved all those other friends more than you like her. I think you also need to tell Anne that you were wrong. Not wrong about dating the guy, but wrong about telling other people and not her if she's equally as good a friend or a better friend than these people. And apologize, and to Grace's point, hopefully explain and make her see. Saying you're wrong goes a long way because that's it takes you have to be a big person to to say that. Yeah, and I think I I obviously don't know Anne, but if this relationship is great and it's making you happy, she's not going to be mad at you for the relationship. Like she's mad about the other part. So, you know, maybe tell her more about the relationship and, and kind of confide in her and, you know, tell her how important it is to keep it secret, but, you know, give her the inside scoop and, you know, put your trust in her. And, and, you know, I think part of friendship is, you know, innocent until proven guilty that you have to hope you have to assume that Anne isn't going to tell anyone, you know, so even if she has a bad track record, I think to Grace's point, making it really clear why it's so important to keep this on the, on the down low. Yes. That's a slang word that I feel too old to use. Down low. Yeah. I don't say down low. Anyway. DL. Keep it on the DL. Keep it on the DL. Anyway, I think the friendship is savable. Absolutely. I think you just need to like do some relationship repair, tell her you're wrong and, you know, put your trust in her because I think she is probably also angry that, Maybe in other situations she has loose lips, but, you know, she didn't betray you in this. You just didn't confide in her. So maybe giving her the benefit of the doubt and putting some trust in her will go a long way. I agree. I think we have time for one more question. Yeah. So let's get to Jillian's question. So Jillian wrote over email, how to create your own path where there isn't one. I'm chief of staff at a 30 person educational tech company on the leadership team and in charge of things like human resources, office management, all special projects, culture, retention, employee happiness. Um, honestly, if you don't know where something goes, it probably becomes to me, belongs to me, but there isn't a path ladder comp plan in place for me. How do I create one and execute with confidence? P.S. I'm grossly underpaid and my job description changes with the Texas weather all the time. So I have worked in three startups at this point, which I think probably just makes me a masochist more than an expert, but, um, using my own experience here, I would say that you're probably getting so much responsibility because you're a great employee and you're the go-to gal for kind of anything that doesn't have an owner. So that's awesome that they really trust you and are giving you so much. I think, Sometimes what's hard about working at these really early stage startups is that founders or leadership aren't necessarily thinking about everyone's career path. They're more so just thinking about how to keep the business afloat and how to get to the next step. So what I'd say to you is is maybe to sit down and to write your ideal job description or to write the career path that you want and then to sit down with your boss and talk about how 
how do we get you there? And what are the steps that either they want to see you take in order to reach that level or what needs to come off your plate and find a different owner in order for that job to be your reality. But I think that having been in a lot of startups, I think the onus is on you to initiate that conversation and to bring something to the table for them to react to, to say, hey, I love working here, but this is what this is where I want to be in six months or a year, and how can you help me get there? I think that the other thing I'd say to you is to be realistic, where because you're at such a small company, it's probably not feasible that when you have this conversation, you're able to snap your fingers and everything changes. There probably needs to be some rejiggering or some hiring that happens in order for that to become a reality, even if your boss is on board. So I think phrasing it in terms of, you know, three to six months to 12 months is is probably going to make it more palatable for your boss that you're not asking for everything to change overnight. But then also um, more realistic just to have in the back of your head that just having the conversation doesn't necessarily change your reality immediately. I don't know, Grace, what do you think? I think you just answered that perfectly. I don't think I have anything to add there. Um, it's it's definitely tricky, and it really brings me back to our startup days because you it really has to come from you. Like, like to Becca's point, a lot of times the founders don't even realize, like, and sometimes they probably aren't even this is terrible. They might not even realize that you're underpaid and realize all of these things because in the startup world, like the, it's just like things get so crazy and the founders are just constantly scrambling and the stuff can go slip through the cracks if you don't bring it up. Yeah. So I think that's why being your own advocate yeah. is, is the best thing you can do. And I don't think anyone would begrudge you for it or be like, oh, that Jillian, she's a real pain. Uh, I think she's so proactive. Yeah, I think your your boss will respect you more for it. Um, so you know, I think it's like it only is in your favor to advocate for yourself and to really facilitate this conversation around how you want your career to develop. Because if you don't, the other option is that you leave. And I'm sure you know, being this go to gal, your founder doesn't want you to walk out the door. So it's in their best interest too to find a way to make sure that you are happy and growing and want to stay. I think that's the perfect answer, Becca. So should we get out of advice land and we can kind of get into our other stuff? Let's do it. Let's talk about our obsessions. Okay. My obsession's really lame. So, but you guys know we're not cool. So that's why you listen. We're very cool. We're so cool. (laughs) So I bought a travel clothing steamer. And it's amazing. I don't know what I've been doing with my life. I, oh my God, it's my I don't know what you've thing. been doing either, Becca. I've had a, I don't travel without a clothing steamer. Not even for travel, just for my apartment, because my oh. apartment is smaller than yours and I don't have an ironing board. So when I iron, it's always such a pain in the ass where oh, I have to I, do it yeah. on my bed or on a table or something. Yeah. And so having a steamer, I can hang something up in my shower and then just steam it. And it yeah. works so much better and is so much less of a pain. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, so I'm really happy with my clothing steamer. Maybe I'm going to take it with me on trips. Like, I yeah. don't know. I have a travel steamer and a regular steamer. Oh, wow. You're much more advanced in steaming than I am. I am. Why didn't you tell me that I needed a steamer? I didn't. You never look wrinkled. Well, I would tell you if you looked wrinkled. Well, okay, fine. 
What are you obsessed with? So my obsession is with a whole bunch of things from Glossier. And we've talked about Glossier at length, just because we're both startup people and we like love this space. Can I tell you that I'm really angry because I went to Glossier before I came here because I wanted to buy the mascara. And there was a line. There was a line? There was a line. So I have to order it online. So... Glossier, I think Glossier is a phenomenal company, and I think that they do such a good job with targeting millennials. Their skincare, I think, is kind of shit. Um, <laughs> but they're her obsession, so stay. But, but stay, with st- stay with me here. I just think that you know, I personally, as an into the glass reader, I expected more from Emily Weiss. I expected that the products would be more high tech, and I expected that they would have natural ingredients and. When they did that, I get why she did that as a business person. And, you know, it's she's here to make money. Like, making money is good. I'm a capitalist. Like, do that. But I was just kind of surprised. I felt like the products were kind of, like, a little bit well, I think, elementary. I think the products are aimed at younger girls, where yes. it's meant to re- replace, like, the Clinique three-step that we all grew up yes, with. But I it's agree. not meant for, like... Wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wrinkles meant for like, and I'm getting old and trying to Benjamin Button myself. Yeah. So if you're, yes, exactly. But I love their makeup. Like I love the lip stains. I love the concealer. I am a big fan of boy brow. They have so many amazing cosmetics. So when I found out they were launching a mascara, I freaked out. Um, I read so many articles about it and like the pictures of people's lashes before and after were so good. It just looked like a great like no makeup makeup mascara. I'm wearing it right now, Becca. Um, and I feel like my oh, lashes yeah. just look like long and dark and tinted and like slightly glossy, but um, it doesn't look like I have like a, a ton of globby mascara on. So I love the mascara. And then when I was on there, I had always I'd been intrigued by Body Hero for a while, which is um, they have a body cleanser and a body lotion. Oh, my God. So if you love the scent of orange blossom, like I love the scent of orange blossom. It makes it makes me think of my trip to Tulum and staying at the Koki Koki where everything smells like orange blossom. These products are heaven. Grace, so, this is the third body wash you've talked about on this podcast. I We're on love, episode nine. I love being clean, you guys. And I don't feel any shame about my obsession. So this isn't actually even technically a body wash. It's a cleansing oil so it's an oil and it's it lathers up into like this milky like creaminess and it's like great for shaving your legs it smells like orange blossoms the body lotion is super hydrating I love both of these products and I have about 18 shower gels in my bathroom right now and it's a problem I bought all three of these products with my own money I'm not getting anything from Glossy for talking about them. They're probably not thrilled about what I just said about their skincare. <laughs> but I love, love, love the mascara and the Body Hero products. So stay tuned for episode 10 when we're just a podcast about body wash. Yes. So would you guys listen to a podcast? Stop it. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. So on to Instagram, which who knows? I'm looking at Grace's hashtag or her Instagram thing, which she wrote down. And maybe it's also about body wash. My Instagram that I love is not a person, but a hashtag. Because did you guys know you can follow hashtags? Um, my hashtag that I'm loving is the Goop Go hashtag. And there are just so many beautiful trips on there. It's Goop's travel oh. hashtag. You would like it too. It's not about shower gel. <laughs> I'm happy with my shower gel. I use this like EO grapefruit mint one. It's natural. I like it. I'm like, I don't 
change shower gels as often as you do, clearly. I love showering, and I love shower gel, and I don't feel bad about it. No, that's fine. Um, so the Goop Go hashtag is great. It's just packed with, like, beautiful travel inspiration and, like, really cool places, and it just, like, has me planning, like, a million different trips in my head. That's awesome. So mine is... Brooklyn Craft Company, which is this craft store in Brooklyn, and they have classes. And I'm following of, this because yeah. I love crafts. So one of my goals while I'm on my work hiatus is to take a class here. So I haven't looked into the schedule yet, but I want to, I'm like a real, I'm real fickle with hobbies, but I love picking up a new hobby. Um, so like I learned to knit this winter, like I love crafty things. So I don't know, I'm going to like I want something to craft new. with you. Okay, let's take a class together. Perfect. You know, my blog was really about crafts when I, know. I started it. I um, know. But, oh, how far I've fallen. But the, they have a really fun Instagram, and I, it, I've been following it for a while, and it makes me want to take a class there. Well, I'm down for that. Great. So should we talk about what else we're reading? Yes. Okay. So I thought I would do a lot more reading in San Francisco, and I didn't. But I, I, like, tied up a lot of loose ends. So, okay, so I finished The Summer of Jordi Perez, which I know you read, too. So cute. I thought it was cute, but I didn't love it. So I the reason that I read it is because I heard the author on Forever 35, and she was talking about how she wanted to create a character who was plus-sized and who was gay, and that it just, like, wasn't a thing. It, like, wasn't a big deal that these were just, you know facets of her but it wasn't who she was but I feel like the whole book was about her being self-conscious about both of these things so I don't know I mean I'm sure that of course every every teen regardless of if you're plus size or regardless of if you're gay is self-conscious so maybe I'm reading too much into it and that's just you know part of a realistic portrayal of being a teen um but I wanted it to be I wanted it to be more of a non-issue than it was. So that's where I was on that. I can, I can understand that. Yeah. So then I read, I read Famous in Love, which is our book for next week, which I'd already read a couple of years ago, um, but reread and loved it just as much the second time. Then, oh, so I read the sample of Hey Ladies. Have you heard of that? No, but I want to. I, I saw, they were on some podcast that I listened to. I, they were on Call Your Girlfriend. Yes. Um, so this, I've seen this book everywhere. I've seen it on Instagrams and on podcasts and on everything. Grace, do not read it. Mm-hmm. I read the sample, and it was about this group of the eight most insufferable people that I have ever encountered. Oh, my God. No way. So it's about... I was just about to add it to my Amazon cart. No. So it's about these women who are planning their friend's wedding, and it's all told through emails that they write to each other. And it's actually funny because I'm in a wedding this summer, and so I'm on a lot of these chains, so I thought I would really relate to it. But, oh, my God, these girls are insufferable. Oh. I was a a hard no. So there's that. And then, oh, I started Text Me When You Get Home, which is a nonfiction book about female friendship that somebody in our Facebook I heard that group was recommended. Good. Yeah. So I started it, but I'm a pretty bad nonfiction reader. Like I just really prefer fiction. I'm the same. So I'm going through it really slowly. So it might be like a couple months before I finish this one. Cause I usually alternate fiction with nonfiction. I, I find it really hard to read nonfiction all the way through, but I'm on the train. I started it. What did you read? 
So I read Famous in Love as well, which I loved and cannot wait to talk to you guys about next week. But also, um, I've been reading Waiting for Snow in Havana, which is this memoir that takes place um, in the years leading up to and then after the Cuban Revolution. Um, I'm going to Cuba this week, so that's kind of... I've been reading all of the books about Cuba and watching all of the Cuba documentaries in preparation. Um, And it's really, really beautifully written. And um, it's just like... There's some really sad parts so far, but I'm enjoying it. I'm only about 30% in because it's dense. um, And it's nonfiction again. And nonfiction always takes me much longer to read. Yeah. So if you're looking for a book to read, um, pick up Famous in Love, which is the book that we'll be discussing next week. It's awesome. It's about a girl who's in high school who gets cast as the lead in this movie franchise that's being adapted from a book. So think of something like really major, like Twilight. And she has these two co-stars who have been uh, child stars, so they've been around the biz for a while, and she's just kind of thrown into it. There's a love triangle. It's awesome. It's really good. And if you don't feel like reading it or if you read it and like need something to keep you going, there's a TV show on Freeform that was adapted from it with Bella Thorne, which Grace and I are both addicted to and we will tell you more about next week. So that's all we have for you today. Uh, If you want to keep up with us, you can follow me on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. You can follow me at Grace Atwood, and you can follow both of us at Young Adulting Pod. You should also join our Facebook group because it's really fun. And it's really fun. There's a ton of good book recs, so just search Young Adulting on Facebook and uh, join the group, not the page. Yes. So we will see you next week to talk about Famous in Love. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.